Hey guys, my name is Aaron Champ and you are listening to Filter. This is a Christian worldview podcast where we seek to equip you to live with biblical clarity in our chaotic world. And uh, the the fact that this is a chaotic world has uh, rarely proved itself to be more true than in recent days and weeks here in the United States. This is part two of a conversation that I had with a uh, local pastor here in the city that I serve in uh, as a pastor as well, uh, Jeff Williams. Uh, you can, if you haven't watched part one yet, then I would really highly encourage you to go back and watch part one of our conversation to uh, to get everything that we talked about there uh, as it moved into part two here. Uh, as you go in part two, uh, just remember to check out our show notes for highlights and resources to uh, to continue diving into this topic and uh, that you would especially uh, subscribe to the podcast if this has been helpful for you. Uh, if you would leave us a review and if you would especially share with your friends, that helps us out a lot to get this good stuff out and to get the message out. And so here's part two of my conversation with Jeff Williams. Yeah. In Ephesians 2, where you said the wall breaking down, it made mm-hmm. me think of Ephesians 2, where Paul says yeah. that. Uh, Christ has broken on the wall. Would you would you be willing to walk us through that? Yeah, it's us. Uh, Ephesians two, uh, I believe, right at verse fifteen. Uh, and what Paul is talking about is that there has been some separation between uh, the Jews and the Gentiles, and for many years the the Jews have had this disdain for the Gentiles. They saw them as ungodly, unperfect. And so much so that they would build, they built this wall that as the Gentiles come in, came into the temple, they could only go so far that the, the other side of the wall was only for the Jews because they, in their mind, in their heart, considered themselves to be more holy. Mm-hmm. So Paul's referencing, yep. or at least drawing upon an, a real physical wall. He absolutely is. And he said, this, this wall has separated us. Uh, and, and, and I believe he's given the picture that it's not only separated us from man, it's separated us from God. And he said, this is not God's plan for us to be separate, that, that, that he's called us to be fitly joined together. And so Ephesians 2, 14 says this, for he is our peace who have made both one. See, God made the Jew and the Gentile. God made the black, white, Hispanic, all of us and have broken down the middle wall of petition between us. All the issues, all the trials, all the things that we can say divide us. Paul is saying this physical wall has come down, but there's also some spiritual walls that have been broken down because of Jesus Christ, because he died for all of our sins. Now let the walls come down, let them stay down. Verse 15 says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make it himself of twine, one new man, so making peace. He says he's, he, he's made one new man. And when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, you know, we become new creations and old things have passed away. Let's leave those old things that separate and divide in the past. And be that one new man, that one body of Christ. That's really what he's telling us, mm-hmm. that we are the body of the living God. We are the body of 
the Savior, Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And so let's act like it. Let's join together. Let's no longer be separated so that we can give God glory in everything that we do. And as I love Paul reminding us of that, that Christ has done it. He's torn that wall down. Let's keep it torn down. Hmm. Excellent. Whenever um, we see these these instances, once again, to go back specifically to what our, our country is looking at right now, um, you know, it seems like, so here we have the instance of George Floyd yeah. um, killed by police officers um, and all the public facts uh, show just how, how clear, clearly wrong it was. Yeah. There's no, no, there's no ambiguity in this case. And, um, so we see that. And then we also see some of the negative reactions in, uh, the rioting, the looting, um, some of the violence even, mm-hmm. um, that's happened in, in some of these riots. And when I'm looking at these things, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, these are things that we should all agree on. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, even even Christian and non-Christian um, killing an innocent black man. Wrong. Uh, and then on the other hand, writing, looting. Wrong. Mm-hmm. But yet there's still division. And so this is something I'm trying to work through. You can help me. Perhaps I know it, it might be a difficult question, but what do you think? Uh, what do you think it is that's, that's still dividing us? And though it seems as though all decent people should mm-hmm. and probably do agree with this. We're still experiencing so much division, um, even among Christians. So, yeah. what is it? You, it might even you might think of more than one thing, but what is it? Do you think that's that's still dividing us that we should be in obvious agreement? Well, I, I think it's a, a result of of hurt and pain. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned before, uh, when we have those hurt and we have those pains, it's, it's, it becomes very hard to see things clearly. Uh, I, I, I think we know uh, that um, you know, atrocities like what we're seeing are wrong, uh, but we tend to want to um, have the ends justify the means. If we can get to this point, if we can get to this end state, then these things that I've done uh, here are, are, are what we need to get to that end state is justified, which that should never be the case. Uh, that that we want to uh, be uh, people that please God, you know, that trust Him, and that means that sometimes it's it's going to be a long, hard road. That we're not going to uh, be able to just respond and react uh, according to our flesh because our flesh is hurting, because our mind is tired, that we're tired of it and we're fed up with it and we want it to stop. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, we react. And God is telling us, don't react, you know, tr- continue to trust him, lean out to our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct our path. As Proverbs 3 tells us, let him direct us through this, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and don't allow that anger to cause us to sin. You know, be willing to, you know, the, and, and what I've learned through this, uh, the, through this walk is, you know, who I, I battle and fight the most with? Is myself, is my flesh, mm-hmm. and so the scriptures tell us the spirit wars against the flesh, and so we have to be willing to 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 fight the good fight of faith, and allow our spirit to be stronger than than our flesh 
that's hurting, our flesh that has desires to see things corrected. And don't respond in a way that's going to just cause the hurt to perpetuate itself mm. over and over. And so that's what we're, we're seeing this cycle of I've been hurt. You've done me wrong. And so I'm going to do the same thing. When, when that has never solved anything in our country, in our world. So we have to have a different light. We have to have a different response. You know, and, and, and what I've learned and I'm looking at uh, through the study of Walls Fall Down uh, that talks about the Battle of Jericho. And one of them is that God gave the people of Jericho an unconventional plan. Just think about that plan that he said that they that they would go into uh, Jericho, into the promised land. But they had this this huge wall, you know, and they had these these uh, barriers around them. Uh, and, and so they were going into this promised land and God says, now walk around the city. Now, the warriors of that day said, what in the world? Walk around the city. And do it once for six days and then do it again for seven days. Let the enemy see you and put the priest in front of you. And so they looked at this and, and, and in their mind, you could just think they were saying, that's the craziest plan I've ever heard to cause us to be able to defeat this enemy. But they obeyed God. They trusted his plan. And they lean not to them to themselves. And so God has given us an unconventional plan in today, in today's world. And so if we try to do it our way, because scriptures in Isaiah tell us our ways are not his ways, our thoughts are not his ways, it will surely fail. And so it's not going to look how we think it should look. It's going to be unconventional because God wants us to walk with him in faith to trust him, to understand that his plan is greater than what we may imagine right now. So don't respond out of our anger. Don't respond out of reacting to it because there's no fruit in that. Mm. See, we look at the scriptures and the fruit of the spirit says there love, joy, peace. And one of the things I've learned in our society today that, that unconditional love is radical because it, uh, in, in many cases, it doesn't exist. It's in our society, there's a, always a condition on love. And so God is telling us, don't put conditions on it. If they treat us right, if they don't wrong us, but be willing to be radical, unconditional, turn the other cheek, fight the good fight of faith. Mm -hmm. And that's how we can transform the world around us. Because it caused men and women to stop and say, what's wrong with that person? Why aren't they yelling? Why aren't they upset? Why aren't they enraged? And then maybe they'll ask, why do you have peace? Why do you have hope? And we'll be able to respond. Mm. It's because of him. He's yeah. been so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. Um, so essentially what it sounds like you're saying is, uh, we can cross the divides whenever we follow God's plan versus the world's plan, because the world does put forward its own plan. Um, and you can see the world putting forward its own plan, um, from various perspectives. Um, you know, the, the right has its own plan that they want to put forward. 
mm-hmm. and the left has its own plan they want to put forward. What you're saying is we need to follow God's. Absolutely. So uh, as you've been just uh, observing everything that's going on right now, the reactions that we see in our culture and then among Christians, uh, have you been seeing any uh, reactions, whether they seem like they're coming from one side of the aisle or the other, one community or another? Um, reactions from Christians that you that you see as that looks more like the world's answer than God's answer. Um, maybe if you can identify some of those and help explain for the people who are watching, listening, um, so that they can maybe see in themselves if uh, help them to discern. Mm-hmm. Have I been following the world's narrative? or God's solution. Um, so have you observed anything among Christian reactions that you think um, reflects the world more than the gospel? Yes, I, I, I have. And I, I do think that, uh, you know, I've heard many say, well, we need to give a response. We need, we, we need to say something. Uh, you know, if, 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 if we're quiet, then, then, then that gives the wrong message. And, and, but when we look at what God is, is speaking to our heart, he doesn't want us to provide a answer, a response, but the answer, the response. Mm. And the, the answer and the response doesn't rest in us. It rests in him. See, the scripture tells us in him we move and breathe and have our being. And God knew, all, knew about this way before uh, that day. He knew the situation. And he's already been working it out for our favor. And so we have to be uh, willing to trust that and, and, and understand that the, that, the, that the world doesn't need to hear our opinion and our thought on it. They need to hear his thought and his opinion on it. And so that we would be willing to remove ourselves from that equation. And allow everything that we say, you know, the Bible tells us to be ready in season and out of season, not to give our answer, but to give an answer of the hope and the glory that's within us. And so I, I think that's maybe where we're erring and where we're making, we're, we're giving, maybe we have a platform, maybe we have a position of authority and we say, well, the, if, if, if I say something, it'll, it'll help make a difference. See, it, it's, it's, it's not our words that make a difference. It's his words. Mm. It's his viewpoint. And so we have to be willing to trust God even when it hurts, even when it, when it feels like things are get, are, are, have been going on for so long. Because God uh, controls time. See, a day to him is, is, is like a thousand, and a thousand is like a day. God has an eternal plan for all of this. Mm-hmm. And as frustrating as it may seem, trust him. Let him respond. I remember the story of uh, Elijah, you know, and, and he had ran because of uh, Jezebel. And he had ran up into the caves and he was hiding in the caves. And God asked him a question. He asked, what are you doing here? And Elijah responded, well, I've been fighting for you. I've been doing for you, and I'm the only one that's been doing for you. And, you know, God, you know, I could visualize God uh, leaning back and saying, where were you <laughs> when I made the heavens and the earth? Mm-hmm. Where were you? 
and he caused the mountain to shake a little bit and the winds to storm. And so he was reminding them that I'm, 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 I'm still God. I'm not asleep. I'm not attentive, unattentive. I see all and I know all. And I'm all powerful. And just as I control the winds and the storm, I got this. Mm. So we just need to continue to trust it. Yeah. So one thing I've noticed, um, because, you know, so we, we've been having this conversation. I've been asking you a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. We've uh, we've had another conversation over lunch where I asked you uh, some similar ones, some different ones, too. But yeah. one thing I've noticed, a trend that I've noticed in and your answer to my questions is always that whenever I ask a question related to how do we pursue racial reconciliation, unity, and everything else, um, you always go to scripture. You always go to God as the solution. Where I think what I see, um, where I see a tendency that uh, contrasts that in a lot of the world, uh, which you see on social media, is to immediately go to politics. What can we do politically? What can we do legislatively? Um, what can we do based off of what we see from sociology and whatever else? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and and not that those things are necessarily bad and that we should not pursue mm-hmm. them. But you always start with scripture and yeah. uh, the love and fellowship that Christians can show one another um, on an everyday basis. And just as I've been reflecting on, on your answers uh, and, that, and that trend that I've seen your answers from lunch and even today, it's made me think how I think uh, we shouldn't um, be opposed to uh, practical legislative solutions that can, that can help, right? Yeah. But I think that we're often very too quick to go to that first, believing that changing laws can change people. Whereas what I'm getting from you is... Uh, the gospel changes people and then that changes society. Absolutely. How, so it, it, am, am I reading that right? And uh, do you have anything to, how you would are, you respond to that? Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, uh, change starts inwardly. And it's so important that uh, we, we we grasp truly what the, the, the word, of, word of God is intended for. You know, it's, it's intended, it, it's God's love story, you know, and, and, and God's desire to communicate with the whole of mankind. And not only to communicate, but to, 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 to save all of mankind, to transform us from the inside out. And uh, the, the word of God does that if we allow it. You know? and, and his word is sharpened in a two-edged sword. And it cuts away those things that are pertaining to uh, sin and death. And it provides and gives life and peace. I love what, what Jesus himself said in John 10, 10. He says, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Uh, and so he came that we would have that life, that, that he would be the answer for all of society's woes. Everything else is a temporary bandage. You know, can it? Can we do some social good in this world? Absolutely. Can we make some change, some tangible, real, practical changes in this world? Absolutely. But the question are: Is it eternal? Will it last? 
And only those things that we do for God, only those, you know, as we trust him and we follow his plan will last. So that's why we, 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 this is the source of life for us. And so we must stay linked up to God's word uh, because his word became alive and dwelled with us. Jesus Christ is alive today. He got up out the grave. It's so important that we trust him uh, in, in, in not society's woes. And we can do some good in this world, but we trust him and we trust his promises. And so I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay stuck and steadfast on that uh, because I've seen God do it for me in my life. Mm. And, I'll, uh, and, and I didn't share with you earlier, uh, but God, you know, one of the desires that I had was that God would use me to be a, a, a blessing to others that didn't look like me, didn't grow up like me, didn't, you know, and, 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 and that we would be a diverse people that, that loves and shows the example of God through his diversity. And so only God could do it. You know, um, you know, 98% of the church that I have the pleasure and, and, uh, and, uh, grace to, to pastor is a white is white. Uh, and, and God has shown me how beautiful um, that is to have others uh, that come from all different backgrounds, uh, that we come together uh, serving a loving God. And it doesn't matter what we look like on the outside. You know, that's, that's actually the lanyard, the extra, the added on. Uh, and we come together to love him and to love others. And is founded upon his word. That's great. So as we start moving towards the end, uh, and I know you've already touched on this a good bit earlier, um, but just what are some practical, actionable steps that you would suggest to Christians um, to that things that they can do to start pursuing racial reconciliation, uh, to start pursuing real change? What are some um, some practical things that, that they can do? Well, absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, be be willing to listen. You know, we have to slow it down and uh, and get on the journey with one another, uh, and listen and understand. Uh, and that's all sides of it. You know, if 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 we are are uh, black, we need to be listening uh, of, of, of where others are. And here's something that just in a recent conversation that a, a friend and I was having that there are many of our uh, white brothers and sisters that are feeling guilty about things that they didn't even do. Maybe it was their grandmother, maybe it was their grandparents, great-grandparents, and they are, 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 or maybe they, they've had experiences that were years ago that, that are still burdening them today, that are still uh, affecting them. I had a friend uh, back in Virginia that came to me uh, when we had the Charlottesville uh, issue, Charlotte, Virginia, a few years back when the statues were being considered to be torn down. He came to me and we sat in the office. He said, Jeff, my, uh, my, my father growing up uh, was, was very racist. I said, and uh, he used to demean and, uh, and treat uh, black people very negative. And as a child, you know, we had a maid and we had a, uh, a nanny. Uh, and I, as a child, I, I said things to her that I shouldn't have said to her. 
And he, he looked at me with tears in his eyes. And he said, Jeff, I'm sorry. He said, I feel so guilty about that. And I looked at him I, and, and I knew his heart. He's a wonderful Christian man, loves people. Uh, he's a pastor today. But he was still carrying that from 50 years in the past. And he had this burden on him. On him. And so, so often we, we just look one side of it and we don't see the burden that so many people are carrying. Mm. And as we take an opportunity, uh, there many times in the last couple of weeks, my wife and I have been asked, Jeff, what do we, what do we do? What do we say? You know, that, that may have not been our experience in life, but we feel guilty about it. We feel like we should, you know, if we don't say anything that we're being uncaring or we're not understanding or, or we are making light of the issue. And, and, and so I see on, on all different sides this heavy weight. And so if, we, if we're for more forgiving and, and patient and tolerant with one another and being willing to look from the other perspective and, and really just sit down and talk, you know, that's so vital that we, that we open uh, the lines of communication. But most importantly, we don't just give our opinion, give our viewpoint, but we listen and get on the journey with one another and hand in hand walk with each other. No longer them and us, no longer you and I, but it's we that we are together in this. And I think we'll see we'll see measurable change uh, because the change will be in us. And we'll be able to affect the world around us. Mm. And so if we do those things, I think we're going to be all right. That sounds good to me. Yeah. So one last thing before we go. I've been talking to um, to several different young Christians right now, um, both young white Christians and uh, and young people who are of a ethnic minority yeah. um, and who are just uh, really disappointed, mm-hmm. really uh, frustrated with what, uh, with what we're witnessing right now. You know, I mean, I know I told you Ellen the other day for me and others in my generation, this is, uh, one of the worst moments we've seen in our country in terms of just unrest and division. Um, and so I just want us to close with giving you an opportunity to speak to, to those people, those, those, especially those young Christians of minority background that are struggling, angry, hurt, um, disenchanted right now, what word of hope would you give them? Yeah. Um, I, hold on. Don't let go. Don't give up. Fight the good fight of faith. Hold your faith. God's done it over and over and over again. If we take a moment to just reflect and, 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 uh, and, and, and look what the Scriptures revealed to us. We remember the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, his entire nation had been torn down, was in disgrace, was hurting. They had been taken out into captivity and taken from their homeland. And it was burned to the ground. Their temples and their walls were burned. Mm. And it, 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 and it was so much so that it felt like a, a disdain upon them. Because they had uh, disobeyed God in some things. And the reality of it is that we've all made some mistakes and we've all disobeyed God. 
But then there was something inside of them that says, go back and rebuild the walls. Let's go back and rebuild. Don't give up. Trust God. And as he went back and rebuilt, there was always someone, and this particular guy's name was Sambalat, mm-hmm. that would come against him and say, you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to move forward. You're not going to be able to be successful. And, I, and we remember Nehemiah sitting there. And I believe he may have had his hands, his head in his hands, but he said some words. He said he looked, at, he looked upon the people. And he said, remember the Lord, great and awesome. Young people, remember the Lord is great and awesome. And the scriptures went on to say, he told them, fight for your sons and daughters. Fight for your husbands and wives. And fight for your house. And so, yes, we need to be fighting, but we need to be fighting the right way. Our battle is, and, our, and the war that we're in is not natural, but it's spiritual. And it's mighty towards God. And so he's telling us to fight the spiritual battle. That's your response. That we get on our knees, that we glorify God, that we respond and we treat people the right way. No matter what it may feel like, no matter you know how weary we get, that we maintain the, the, the honor that God has bestowed upon us. At the moment we became Christians, we became the called out assembly, a holy priesthood, a royal nation. And so we're not supposed to act any other way. And so allow ourselves to act and respond the way God has called and fashioned us to be. And no matter what it may look like, no matter how much hurts it may be, we are his chosen people. And so he says, be ready. This is an opportunity to be ready in this season. Be ready in season and out of season to give an answer of the hope and the glory that's within you. Let his hope come out of you. Allow his perfect righteousness to be in you. That's what glory means. And have moral excellence. Let his virtue fall through you. And people will see that and we'll be able to respond in a way that pleases God and blesses men. And we'll see it happen because we trust in him. I hope that was an encouragement. I hope that resonated with you. Absolutely. And just as I'm reflecting on that, I'm thinking of how in Ezra and Nehemiah, they didn't rebuild the walls overnight. It took a few generations. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. and so, our generation needs to do our part to to continue building upon what those in the past have done and yeah. built already, uh, empowered by God. So, remember the Lord and rebuild. Is what That's you're saying. Right. Yeah, praise God. Wonderful. Well, Jeff, I just want to thank you so much. Uh, I have an incredible amount of gratitude and admiration yeah. for you. Uh, the fact that you set aside the time to uh, spend here with me and with us on the podcast just means so much so thank you and uh, I hope that we can do this again my pleasure thank you for having me Aaron it's been wonderful